That's weird. That's weird, but that's kind of goofy. Guess what? We got a podcast now. Guess what? Because we have a podcast. We've had a po- we've had a podcast. <laughs> we have had a podcast. Um, we still got like five months before it's been a full year. That's crazy, right? We've recorded so much. We're which like is weird to think about. We're at like what twenty seven now. Uh, this will with be with the ones that we're sitting on still. Oh yeah, close. Well, twenty seven, but we have all the, we have all the like the front row frights. Oh yeah. I think we're we're well over. I mean, what we have released, we have thirty two total released right now. Damn. Yeah. M- mother damn. Mother damn. All right, let's talk about Mad Max, released in nineteen seventy nine. Seventy nine. Co written and directed by uh, George Miller, who at the time, let's see. I mean, he's obviously he's uh, he's getting up there in age now. But I think when when this movie dropped, yeah, he was uh, thirty four years old, so he was like a he's new, uh, he was new a to young the game. gun. It's a uh, you know obviously it's an Australian film, this uh, dystopian, low budget, lo fi action drama thriller. It's kind of a lot of the first Mad Max is kind of a lot of it's kind of a lot of things and it's also a lot kind of, things of none of them. Right. It, it doesn't like really adhere to any of them. Is it I don't know that is it like is it described as post-apocalyptic? So here was no, he, it's no, a, but it's not like this one, but no. it's like the downfall of society, though, right? Right. Because, this one takes well, place. I guess dystopian would be more accurate because there's still like some semblance of society. Yeah. So my thought was this when I was watching it because yeah. I didn't really know what the exact setting was, and right. I feel like that might be a theme of the Mad Max yes. movies. Mm-hmm. Um, is is it's kind of ubiquitous, <clears throat> right? That's a word, right? M- Mad Max, it is. Yeah, ubiquitous. <laughs> Good shit, Dom. I'm, hey, you know what? Good. Let's go. Good for you. You got you got words up tink, tinkering around up there. But yeah, Mad Max to me, it's kind of like the establishment of the 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 urban legend. In a, like yeah, it's like the only story in the series that's like actually true to a specific time in the in like the Mad Max universe. If that makes sense, right? And like every movie. Subsequent that like follows it just kind of further kind of gets rid of the timeline and it's just more about the urban legend that is Max which it, it's kind of cool make, it's like this right it's like an urban legend that just kind of pops up over time because right each like each Mad Max you see a version of Max but it's not necessarily right. the same version it, it, of Max yeah, he's it's not like one of those things like, where like everyone's heard of him and like you've heard stories of mm-hmm, people who have seen yeah. him but you've never seen him it's like he is like after this movie he is the road warrior like yeah. everyone knows like the road warrior Max Rockatansky they don't really know where he's from who he is it's almost like the events that take place in this movie are kind of part of the myth or the urban legend that just didn't really continue on like in like in his story that people tell about him people well, don't, and the, well, people and don't really story, know about this the original like this original mad max is not mm-hmm. a complete story no and it's and right. you can kind of imagine if this was like being told as a story like person yeah. to person or mm-hmm. you were reading about it or whatever this would be like this movie would be kind of a throwaway at the beginning like right this movie th- kind there of once was a man named max and right he was a 
whatever. And that's was, this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. This movie is like the introduction, but it's also like, I don't, it's not like an explicit introduction to Mad Max right. either. It's, it's like still just kind of one of the stories of Mad Max. It's, like it's, it's weird. It, it's, yeah. It, it's a, it doesn't make sense. It, it acts, it kind of, it acts as like a, I don't want to say an origin story, because that I feel like that's like too an origin story is like too scripted. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, no, I I agree with you. Like you're right. It, this is kind of like the introduction into like, hey, there's this guy, you know, is Mad Max, the Road Warrior, like this crazy guy. But like when he started out, he was just a you know he I was in like a cop. He was a cop trying to like make his way through the fall of society, but things weren't looking terrible yet. And then. What? Oh, did he get some TP? Uh oh. Uh oh. Do not eat Oh, he dropped. Oh, oh, he dropped it. He dropped it. Grab it. I bet you like that. Don't you? I got it. Oh, that's kind of. Throw it to me. Every time, bro, one of these days. We'll make it through a pod. And we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this part out and do the please stand by part. <laughs> You're gonna like run off camera and then I'm gonna cut it right there. Uh, Mother damn Mother damn. Alright, dude. <laughs> Stop cussing and go home. We're back. This we're really it. Okay, now um where were we? So we were talking about we were talking about Mad Max. We were talking about Mad Max. How this is like part of the story where they're like, "There's this guy," but so it's like it's when he in, started, he was a normal guy. It's <laughs> like, kind of right, but this, like this isn't the start of Max. Right, like you know, you know when this movie starts that he already has a reputation. Right, like, people yeah. already know who people he is. People already know who he is. Yeah, like I feel like, like. Watching this movie, I felt like it didn't really have a beginning and it didn't really have an end, and that's kind right. of a theme. Right. It kind of a, like yeah. It's, it's, it's so str- it's it's strange how open ended it is because it is like it is a story. This is a story about Max. Right. Right. But also like it's so incomplete mm-hmm. in you know just the general storyline and in right. the character arc. Like well, you for don't. Max. Especially you don't really know Max. where you're coming from or right. where you're going. Right. And I think maybe it was designed that way. I think a little bit, yeah. And that, like, especially for Max's character, that's, I mean, it happens in, in Fury Road. Like, there is, there is, like, a sense of finality to that movie for everyone except for Max. Right. Max, he kind of, he happens into this into this situation, and then at the end of it, he's just kind of gone. He just like keeps showing up in these right moments in history, and that is a huge that is a huge recurring theme. And it's cool to see it like established in this in yeah. this movie. Also, that like the fact that like a movie like this was made when it was made because this is like a super low budget. It was made for like four hundred thousand Australian dollars. Uh-huh. Which is, I mean, obviously, even in 1979, not a lot of money. Right. But it ended up making, like, it, it's made over, like, 100 million U.S. dollars in, like, ticket sales and rentals and, and streams and Blu-ray, you know, purchases yeah. and stuff like Like, it's one of the most popular independent, like, underground, 
uh, cult film. This is a pretty much a cult film. Well, and like for the way it was released and when well, it, when it, it was is, released. but also like the the story of Max in these movies kind of mm-hmm. parallels the Mad Max films in you know pop culture. Like right. a lot of people know the name Mad Max. Like oh, if yeah. you say Mad oh, Max, yeah. when when Fury Road came out, I had I knew nothing about. Any of those, the previous movies? Any of the three other movies. But I knew what Mad but Max you knew was. But you knew Mad Max. You I, knew about but Mad Max. But it was Max, like, yeah. I don't, like, I don't know where I know him from. I don't know how right. I know Mad Max. Like, I, you're like, you're in that that place where you're like, I've definitely like seen him probably in like some YouTube videos I've watched. Yeah, like, I was like. Some other movies. I was like, oh, Mad Max. I can't wait for the new Mad Max yeah, movie. Dude, and then I was like, who the hell is Mad Max? I remember, <laughs> I remember in 20, 2014, 2015 around when the, you know, the movie dropped. I remember watching that trailer and thinking this is either going to be a just a, a really dumb but kind of fun action movie or it's going to be probably the greatest action movie ever made. And, and then we went and watched it together. Hey, I'm monologuing over here. You don't here. even – you've never kidding. even seen it. You've never you seen a, it. You you've never seen, seen it. No, you've never oh. seen it. You've never seen it. Maybe, he's mad. Maybe he's seen it. He's seen it. What does he need? He needs. He needs something. Stop. <laughs> no, he just, he doesn't like us. <laughs> I'm so stupid. What do you want? One of these days we're gonna finish the podcast. What do you want? What do you want? And why do you want it? Oh, oh no. He, oh. oh yeah. Mother damn, Leo. I, I mean, I, I, I get it. I get it. I hear you. I, have, I know just the trick, guys. Peanut butter? Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. What to do, baby? What to do, though? Are you, are you a crunchy peanut butter guy or a creamy peanut butter guy? I enjoy both. Me too. Yeah. I usually... Here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. I swear by Jif Natural. It's my oh, all-time, yeah? all-time favorite peanut butter. Yeah. But I wanted some crunchy, and they don't make it in crunchy. Oh. And uh, Skippy only makes the natural crunchy in, like, the tiny, the like, 8-ounce yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. But Smucker's makes one that's crunchy. Oh. But it's the kind that you got to stir. Oh, And it's okay. good, but, like, I don't really fuck with stirring peanut butter. Mm-hmm. I'm a big don't stir my peanut butter kind of right, guy. Right, right. Dude, I'm a big, I'm a big Skippy natural guy. That's my shit. Uh-huh, that's my shit. I'm gonna have a thing like this. Hey, get down. Get down. Now he's gonna think every time he barks at me, he'll get peanut butter. He's gonna get peanut butter? And guess what? He's right. He's right. Guess what? He ain't wrong. I even gave him a uh, pup cup from Dutch Bros today. Mm-hmm. And he's acting like I never give him shit. What a fucking way to open a movie. My world is fucked up and blunt. What a fucking way to start our podcast. Mm-hmm. With Leo just nonstop interrupting us. I love it. Here, you want you can start with that. Here's your appetizer. <laughs> this dog, man. Who invited him? 
Fuck, what was I talking about whenever you started barking? I forgot. Cut it real quick and see. Nah, 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 we're fine. We'll no, just... no, 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 no. All right, just hit stop. That was fun. That that was a good time. <laughs> what was the What was the last episode we tried to record where it literally we we did like seven takes before we Dude. actually started it? Do you remember which one that was? <laughs> it was the one where he took the toilet paper and ran across. Oh the... yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was like on the roll still, and he was carrying okay. it around my apartment. <sighs> I forget what episode it was. We've oh, had a man. couple. It might have been the it's Justice been a, League one because we recorded that one for like an hour. Could have been. Um, we were talking about. Oh, we were, we were talking about having not like not having really known like anything about the previous three Mad Max movies, but knowing yeah. who Mad Max was. Like it was like to the point where like like I said when the trailer dropped for Fury Road, I was like, man, this is gonna be either just kind of dumb like a throwaway action movie or it's going to be like like it's been a long time like I yeah. I had known it had been since like the 80s at least since the last Mad Max movie came it had been almost 30 years right like 20 some plus years I was like man he like George Miller's either got something like absolutely insane up his sleeve which was very possible and then we went and saw it and he did. together and we both just walked out of that movie theater like what did we just ex- like? What Dude, did we just experience, I, bro? Like I, I, I remember what, like after oh. we watched that, I was like, that might be the best action movie I've seen in my life. I remember life. like feeling like I was just sweating the whole movie. Like yeah. I got out of the movie and I was like, I'm out of breath. Like I can't, I can't breathe right now. I feel like I just went on a, like on a, like a two hour long sprint. Not even a jog. Like I was just running as fast as I could for two hours Dude, I could, when I watched I, that movie. One of the greatest feelings I've ever had coming out of a theater. We'll have a full episode. And we'll get to there. We'll have a full episode. But regardless. Right. The the point is that this, like the original Mad Max. Yeah. It kicks off the Mad Max story Mm -hmm. by also giving us the bare minimum to know anything about Max. Like it's, it's such Mm -hmm. a strange, it seems like almost, it seems like almost a disservice to call it an origin film. Right. Well, what's cool and what's cool about the way they they do it is it it kind of it kind of establishes the expectation from like the creator of like I'm not really going to like give you a clear-cut timeline or story like there's just this there's this guy named Max. He just is. Here's what he is. Uh, enjoy. Yeah. Here's the first story of him I'm going to tell. And it feels like compared to the other movies at least it, it feels like as close to like an origin story that you're going to get. And that honestly might even have to do with like, that could be completely unintentional. It could just be because it's like a factor of, you know, there's just like a little more societal structure, like in this story compared to the other, the other stories that are taking place. Like there's just a little more structure, like in the background. Therefore it feels a little bit more like this is just kind of the, the, the introduction to the character. Maybe that's what it maybe yeah, maybe instead of saying in in origin, this is just kind of the the introductive the introductory story. Yeah. And you know uh, what but, I mean? Like But like it's so even knowing that there are more movies ahead of it, mm-hmm. um like it's almost frustrating how incomplete it is. A little bit. But I, I don't know. To me it's kinda like with stuff like like the MCU and what they're trying to do with DC movies and even like like Fast and Furious and Transformers, 
all these series and and like cinematic universes that have so much structure to them having a like a a movie like this where you watch it and go that seems kind of just like they weren't really trying to establish a a solid world they weren't trying to like build this perfectly uh manufactured world around the character they're just kind of showing us a guy killing a bunch of people that killed his wife and then that's yeah the movie ends it's like we might make another one we might not (laughs) maybe that's the only urban legend about mad max that we ever get yeah it's kind of to me like it, it is frustrating because i feel like we're so used to having that like perfectly structured view of every like series that we've gotten other than like other because other than this series i can't really think of one that feels as unstructured as this one does yeah you know and that's i to me that's a huge positive because while initially to me it is like frustrating where i sit there i'm like man i wish i kind of knew more about like what was going on in the background at the end i'm kind of like yeah it's kind of nice to just know that there's this guy running around who's kind of mad and the world's maybe falling apart, but we don't really know. Yeah, it, that was that was one thing too about the story and like just about the setting in general. When I was watching mm-hmm. it, it was either in my mind without knowing the actual setting, it was yeah. either they were far enough removed from an apocalyptic event to where they're starting to sort of restructure society again, right. like right coming up with government and police and that kind of thing like, yeah it was either like the early stages of a rebuild yeah or it was the early stages of the downfall of society where right. they're trying to hang on like desperately to, to what was these like structures that they already have in place. right right but it was like it's also it's fascinating because you could see how in a world like that one mm-hmm you could almost like understand the psychology behind these like bad guys that are like it's right. this this army of quote unquote bad guys is like essentially just losing their minds right. because of what they're going through and right. because of people are just going crazy because they don't have like a structured yes. society to adhere to anymore right yes right. and it's just like it's it's just as much a story about this this society falling apart and these people yeah. who are are losing their I don't know their maybe their sense of belonging I don't know what it is right, right. but like it's it's just as much a story about that as it is mm-hmm. about Max and his eventual revenge right right I think um, another thing about kind of the like the fractured framework especially of this movie um, I think what one reason why it works really well is because every every movie in this series is kind of framed as someone else telling the story yeah. while Max is a, a part of it, right? Like they're telling, like it's like they're sitting around a campfire and telling the story. So the structure almost feels as if you're just hanging out with your friends and they're telling you a story about this guy they met. Like yeah, it, that's it, a it, good point. You know, it doesn't feel completely whole because – you're just hearing it almost as like a second-hand account of what actually happened. Sure. Right? Like if this was a first-hand account, there might be a lot more structure and a lot more, you know, uh, narrative clarity or or uh, even like um, background clarity as to like where society is at, what's going on. We just get so few pieces of that. It's like the only part of like what was fractured in society in that moment that the person telling you that story yeah. remembers. Does that make like – 
And the nice thing is that's consistent across all the movies, right? Right. Well, in a, Which, in a way, in a way, it's almost like painfully linear because you're right. you're watching you're I mean you're literally watching a car chase. Yeah. Like like yeah. the bare bones of it. Multiple is, car chases. Is you're you're watching a bunch of car chases. Let's talk about that too. The fact that the action in this movie, for being for having come out in 1979, they have some amazing set pieces. Yeah. In this movie. A lot of the chase sequences and, you know, any sort of action that happens in this movie is just very, very well made. Right. It's obviously, I mean, it's it's pretty much, I think it's 100% practical because it was 19, well, like it was yeah, 1979. It would have to be. Also, did you notice in this movie, any time right before someone was about to get into like a major crash, they did like a crash zoom in on their face and their eyes popped like, oh, looked like they were popping out of yeah. their, out of their skull. Yeah. I don't know why I, I to me that was just kind of a funny like that's that's like a George Miller thing to just have that kind of weird off the wall kind of technique with some of his some of his framing and how he actually like directs a movie. Yeah, I thought that was a cool, just kind of tiny little note that I am glad I noticed in this in this movie especially. I can, I, no, I had I had did I completely throw you off you with did. that. You did a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I had a thought. Hey. Uh, one thing um one thing about this movie also. I I actually before I go to that, what did you think like overall? Like did you like it? Cuz I know this was your first time watching it. I don't know. You don't know how you feel? I really don't know. This okay, oh, this is a thought that I wanted to bring up and this is Maybe this is a completely different conversation. So tell me yeah. if it is. Tell me if this needs to wait for a different episode. Okay. All right. But okay. why is it? Why is it that the like more modern movies yeah have like why is it that older movies have worse scripts and worse dialogue and worse acting in general you'd think that that's not something that's necessarily dependent upon time right part of it is or is it just because people now know what works on screen and what doesn't that's part of it also another part of it is like most of the actors in this movie were nobody like people who were just getting like either just getting into acting or hadn't had any real like experience acting in like a full-length motion picture also part of it is like production um limitations like mo with with movies like this that are made on like a shoestring budget they don't like have the time to sit down and like think through each scene and do like because sure. i a lot of a lot of a lot of uh filmmakers will kind of edit their script on the fly or they'll they'll do multiple takes with like little tweaks like and dialogue same like scene but like, like different with, words or yeah whatever. or like even with the same dialogue but like hey say it this way that may yeah. like that might make it more believable or i need a little more of this emotion out of you with movies like this they do like maybe two takes and then they're done yeah like they shot this entire movie in 6 weeks they probably edited it and edited it in a similar like time frame as far as like you know normal editing timelines go right that's a huge part the fact that this is a, I mean, this is like a, a... It's just super, like, bare bones. Super low budget, super bare bones. They don't have time to do 9, 10, 11, 12 takes like, you know, guys like uh, um, David Fincher will do to get, like, that perfect moment out of their act. Like, that's a big part. The fact that they just don't have, like, they have so many more restraints 
than a modern movie with a lot more money behind it. Sure. And I think, like, and, you know, they still do, I mean, they still make movies like this in the modern age that have better, you know, better scripts and better acting. But I think I, I think part of that is just, yeah, over time having a better understanding of, like, what kind of dialogue seems more realistic, what kind of character decisions make more sense. Because, I mean, when this movie came out, you know, we sound had only been on film for 50 years. Yeah. You know, and this movie came out 42 years ago. Well, 41 and 40. Yeah. 42 years and ago. And color had only been on film for exactly. What? So we've almost like, since this movie what came would out, it have been like 20 years at that point. If that, um, in yeah, 79? I mean, color started, and it'd be well, like the fifties with an interesting, well, and this is, a, this could be for another episode too. An interesting thing about color was color was possible, like in the, 30s and 40s, but part of the problem was it was really expensive to colorize, and, and another part was people thought black and white felt more realistic in film back hmm. in the 30s and 40s. They thought it was weird to see a movie in color. It yeah. felt it felt surreal to them to see a movie in color. That's why the introduction of color took a little bit of time because audiences didn't really... They it, it, when they were watching a color film, they felt like they were in like this fantasy land. So well, like, I know that's why like, like pretty like, dramas couldn't really do color because it didn't make sense to the viewer. That's why like the reaction to like Wizard of Oz was so profound. Yes, mm-hmm. because people like it was like almost uncomfortable because they, they like right. didn't know they didn't know what to think. Yeah, the whole the, almost the entire well, movie and was at in the color. and at the time for for a movie like that, most of the people watching it probably still watched it in black and white TVs. Like they probably yes. like mm-hmm. didn't even know that right. it was all in color right. until unless they watched you, like, it saw, later yeah, unless on. you saw it in theaters or yeah. you know actually went to the went to the theater to see it. But yeah, like but you know to the point that like this movie was, you know, it's been almost double the amount of time since this movie came out that sound, color, all those things sure. are actually on film. So, part of it is yeah, kind of the progression of time. But part of it is also these guys just had to put a movie together and they didn't have a ton of time to do it. Right. But so all that is to say I liked it. But it was like <laughs> you could feel there, like the there, gritty there, there, like are, there are plenty of movies from the late 70s and early 80s where I yeah. don't it doesn't feel like out of place. Like this movie mm-hmm. like watching it today you wouldn't even have to tell me what year it came out? And right. I'd be like, oh yeah, that's a seventies. That's movie. a late. That's easily a seventies movie. But there are plenty yeah. of movies that came out in the late seventies, early eighties, where like mm-hmm. they would hold up well still in the modern era. Right. I don't think this movie would hold up in the modern era. Um, I mean, the way it was made, for sure. But I think if they tried to make a movie like this movie in this era with the type of budget they could afford now, I think it could still work. But yeah, if this movie was made the way it is right now, instead of releasing it in 1979, they waited 40 years and dropped it, you know, in 2019. Then yeah, I don't know that it would work as well as it did. Yeah, but I don't know. People, I mean, people do have a taste for this kind of, or like a like, people do want to see movies like this still. Sure. It but again, it would be it would be that kind of situation where initial reactions to a movie like this would probably be pretty, pretty polarizing. Because when this movie came out in '79, it was, it was not as well received as it is now. 
people yeah. were kind of like, what in the fuck Well, and that's kind of what movie? makes it a cult classic. Exactly. But, you know, obviously reception has warmed over time and it's made a lot more money. I think it would be the same situation now. If it's, if this movie dropped in 2019, it would probably, you know, it would be a 50-50 split between critics and it probably wouldn't have made a ton of money. But I think over time, again, over time, it would be something that would that gained more of a following, you know, post theatrical release. It yeah. would be something that people latched onto, and critics kind of were like a little more receptive of. Dude, it also on. what I noticed too, it kind of, it kind of pushed the limits, at least for the time. Yeah. With like its violence and like just oh, yeah. some of its like adult themes. Mm-hmm. It was. It very oh, yeah. much was like I would, at the line without crossing it, and maybe it did uh-huh. cross some lines at the time that it came out. Probably it probably did. Um, but even like what I noticed was what stood out to me at least the way that they showed violence. Yeah. Without really showing it, like the the off screen storytelling in this movie was yeah. incredible. Oh yeah. Um, and oh, and yeah. because at the time it kind of had to be like right. If you were to watch this movie today, they would have no problem showing somebody like oh. showing this lady and her kid getting run over by a car. Oh, they absolutely. would do it. Yeah. They oh, would yeah. put that on mm-hmm. screen mm-hmm. at the time. They couldn't. Yeah. And it's like th- that was over and over again. Whenever there was like a, a gruesome death or like anything like that, it yeah. all happened off screen. And I feel like there's a like there's an art to still building tension, still building yeah. a shock factor, even with right. something that we don't see. Like, Cre- creating effect out of something you can't see. Like yeah. the, the, the things, the, some of the violence that happened in this movie was shocking. Just knowing that it happened, like the way that right. they, right. the way that they built tension leading up to it mm-hmm. and, and kind of that feeling of like this horrible thing is about to happen and you can't stop it. Right. Like you, we're not going to make you watch it. Right. But it's going to happen. But it's going to happen. Like whether you want it to or not, it's going to happen. You're going to feel the effects of it, whether you want to or not. You're welcome that we're not showing you, but sorry. And like, they kind of just over and over, they were like, yeah, here's a guy that's about to get burned alive. Right. This movie, definitely. we're not going to show you it, but you know, it happened for 1979. It it pushed, (laughs) it pushed the envelope pretty hard, which is another, I think another kind of, like positive note that you can take away from it. The fact that for when it was released, this movie was pretty, uh, pretty out there. Like it was a, right. it was a risky, it was a risky movie. And dude, the fact that it made over a hundred, it's made over a hundred million dollars on a budget of 400,000 max. Is yeah. Insane. That is nuts. I, I'm pretty sure up until like probably Blair Witch, the Blair Witch project, it, it was probably the most successful, like, or the most uh, profitable, one of the most profitable movies ever made, I would bet. Because I know, I know Blair Witch Project, I think, has that title now because that movie was made with, like, a pack of gum that was sold to a guy that, you know, was at a pawn shop and had a Oh, you're saying, you're saying, like, camera, net like, profits. Yeah, yeah, net profits. I got you, profit, I got you. Yeah. Okay. Blair Witch's net profit is insane. Because it was made with, like, a... I'm pretty sure it was made for under a hundred thousand dollars. It was made with like a handheld camcorder. Yeah, that you could buy at a pawn shop. Like a shitty old handheld camcorder. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, not to get we we won't get too too sidetracked about that. Um, let's wrap this shit up. I think. Okay. I mean, uh, to me, obviously, this is like, and I had only re- I've only recently watched. I mean, I watched this movie maybe like a month before you did. Yeah. Um. I think it's a it's a perfect introduction into the character 
And even if I hadn't seen Fury Road before this, I still think I would take everything out of it that I did. Sure. I just, I don't know. It's just like a, it's a cool, like, classical style action revenge movie. Well, and Gus, we still have two movies to go before we even get to Fury Road. Yeah, we do. Baby. So, <laughs> and let me tell you, uh, I, I think, I think you'll like The Road Warrior a lot. Yeah. Um, it just, you know, it got me excited for the other movies because I was like, okay, well, if this is what the first movie was like, I'm, I imagine the second and third ones will be done, you right. know, will be done with a similar quality, even though like the, the quality part is also kind of low quality. If that makes sense. No, I get it. Like, like we're watching kind of like these low budget, you know, I don't want to say, uh, like not like grindhouse movies. Cause I think there's a little more to them than that. But it's just cool to see a movie like this and get as much out of it as I did. Yeah, it's it's for me. It's an interesting position to be in where I've seen Fury Road. Like mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen the pinnacle of this series. I've seen Fury Road. Like I will hear arguments that it's the greatest action movie of all time. I'll listen. Yeah, for sure. I might uh, even be convinced. I probably believe the, that argument yeah. myself. Yeah. Me too. Um, but, I mean, so it's it's an interesting position for me to be in where I've yeah. seen Fury Road and right. now I've seen like Mad Max and that's all I know about this whole franchise. Right. Is right. like I know the mountaintop it reaches. Right. And now I've seen where it began. Yeah. And like, it's like, I think you said it perfectly when you said that this was establishing the urban legend of Mad Max. Right. Because this... Like, the movie is so, like, the storyline is so linear, but it's also, like you said, how it's put together bits and pieces as if you were hearing a story of, like, just the highlights of this urban legend. Right, And you see all these interactions where you could imagine all these people that Max crosses paths with along his journey, all of those people are going to be, like, talking about forever the time that they met. Mad Max. They met the Road and, Warrior. And the yeah. and the things that they saw him do and, and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And right. then just as quickly as he came into the picture, he was gone. Like the Right. This this movie establishes that so well. Mm-hmm. And knowing how knowing where the franchise goes, having seen yeah. Fury Road, like it's it's themes that continue on. Like it it laid the foundation for this entire franchise. Oh yeah. And the same things that worked well in Mad Max are going to carry the franchise forward. And right. we'll get to that soon. We'll get to that when we uh, do The Road Warrior. But to conclude, shout out to all of our listeners and viewers. and All five of you. We love you. People who watch us wherever you watch us. You know, we're on YouTube. We're we on, are. Uh, front Row Seats. At Front Row Seats. We are on Apple Podcasting, Spotify, Front Row Podcast, as Front Row Podcast. Also, any literally any audio streaming platform you can think of. I don't even know all of them. I don't even know all. But of we're them there. Because I'm uh, simple, but we're on them as Front Row Podcasts. Uh, we're also on socials now. We're on Facebook as Front Row Seats. We are at Front Underscore Row Media Nailed on it. Instagram. Uh, we post clips and highlights there and on our Facebook page. That's one of the better places to kind of keep track of our releases if you're not uh, subscribed and clicking yeah. that bell. I mean, on I'd YouTube. say we usually let we usually let you know like at least every other episode, and we're doing 
Oh yeah. At the current rate, we're doing one or two a week. So there's right. lots of content. Lots of content coming out. We're doing. We're starting this series on Mad Max here. Um, we've got a couple episodes of Behind the Front Row coming out. It's kind of a. I don't want to say a new series. It's kind of just we decided to hit record like right as we sit down because when we sit down, it takes us about twenty to thirty to an hour to actually get to what we're talking about and there's been plenty of times when we sit down and we talk for two and a half hours yeah. and we get 40 minutes worth of movie exactly talk. Of, of whatever of whatever actually, whatever film whatever we're, we're actually supposed to be talking about <laughs> so you know we're we're starting to kind of play with that a little because we talk about stuff that still interests us and we think might interest you as well so look out for those um otherwise yeah thank you again for listening commenting if you're watching on youtube send us some comments hit that like button subscribe click the notification bell all those things listen tell us why we're wrong tell Tell us us why why we're we're right yeah tell us why we suck we'd love to hear that we'd love to hear that criticism we will take your criticism and we will talk about it we will take your criticism and we won't change a damn thing we'll take your criticism (laughs) and probably say you know something like mean things but hey we don't say mean words on this podcast gus we've never said a single mean word Right? Am I right? Yeah. You're totally right. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I go, because I'm lying. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell, tell your, your dad. dad. Tell, tell your tell your dog. Yeah, tell your dog. Dogs love our show. Dogs do. Obviously, Leo loves our show. Um, He loves it so much, he starts barking whenever he's laughing. Yeah. On the inside. So we must be pretty funny, because he barks a lot. Um, yeah, we'll cut that out. We're going to have to. Why? His barking? Oh, the barking. Nobody I thought you meant the... that last part. That I was like, no. I have to cut that out. No. 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 Gus, no. no. I'm done. Uh, I'm, I'm good. Done. I'm All done. Right. Sorry. Let's, I'm, let's cut listen, this Listen, I'm done. Listen. See? All right. I'll take the headphones.